I feel like everything's a meme today. So do you want to kind of unpack like what, how are you defining meme right now? I would not dare define the word meme. Okay, I'm just going to read a Stakeham tweet. We actually met at Social Fresh last year. From Social Fresh Conference, you're listening to The Social Toolkit, a behind-the-scenes look at today's top social tools and the experts who use them. Delete your AOL email. You've got mail. Log out of MySpace. Close down Internet Explorer. It's time to get serious about today's digital arsenal. Welcome to the Social Toolkit podcast produced by Social Fresh Conference. I'm Jason Keith, founder and CEO of Social Fresh. Today's guest is coming to us from Las Vegas, Nevada. Her name is Sarah Evans, founder and CEO of Seven Strategy, a great friend of Social Fresh and mine and Nicole's. And we love having her back at the conference, which we have her speaking at Social Fresh 2019 this year in Orlando. So we're really excited about that. And uh, Sarah collects a ton of digital marketing tools and tactics, uh, and that's what her presentation is going to be on. So she is the perfect guest for the podcast. Sarah, please welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I tell you what, Jason, if I could live in your and Nicole's guest room, I would be there. You guys are amazing. <laughs> I'm actually in the closet of the guest room right now. That's my recording studio. So I love it. Get out <laughs> okay. of my closet. I've got you. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I thank you for helping us uh, with the conference again this year and hopping on the podcast. Um, tell people what you do on a regular basis. When, uh, when I met Sarah, she was focused on PR and still to this day, she works in PR quite a bit, but it's always got this great social media layer to it and tactical and tool layer to it that's really helpful for a lot of folks in the industry. I feel extremely lucky. I, I kind of invented my own job. I've always worked either directly in PR or tangentially in PR, but I say I do digital PR and I focus um, as a digital correspondent and consultant. I say the majority of my family has no clue what I do, but luckily the clients I work with completely get it and we've had um, an amazing run over the past 10 years. Awesome. Yeah, you do. You go to a lot of events and do interviews and uh, do presentations and hosting events on stage, that kind of thing, right? Yes, I do that. And then consulting behind the scenes. I'd say 80% of my job is actually the nitty gritty that no one sees actually consulting um, with clients to still get them placements in digital uh, publications and online, um, yeah. helping brands launch to the public, developing um, you know, communications guides and templates and social strategies in addition to the, you know, the fun stuff you get to see in the public. Publicity. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, so I know social media is a big part of that, but we're also going to talk about tools today that aren't necessarily 100% social, which I love. <laughs> I always like to come at it from different perspectives, depending on the people we're talking to. I think that's helpful to the audience listening at home. So I did want to jump in and talk about um, Agora Pulse with you. Uh, great people over there. We've used Agora Pulse in the past. Uh, they have a great kind of, I, I, would, I would describe it as, you know, kind of a mid-market uh, publishing and listening platform for social media. It can, it can replace kind of your go-to number one uh, social media tool for a lot of brands. And it's a pretty competitive price and really good tool set. How are you using it and how would you recommend it to other folks? 
Well, I really love the comprehensiveness of it. I've used likely every tool on the market or at least tried it out. And they're all good in various ways. But for a lot of my clients who are in the SMB or the small business space, the larger scale CRM products just aren't a fit both financially, nor do they need the robust features. With Agora Pulse, um, and I'm not in any way endorsed to say this, uh, I like that I um, can be really comprehensive in how we're publishing content. So for example, if I'm really working on a brand's voice, I can segment out the type of content we want to share. Maybe it's supportive and inspirational, and then we have you know one sales pitch that we want to get out. I can start to visually look at how I'm publishing based on the tone or type of voice that I want to share, and I can actually label the type of content we're going to share and set it up color-coded. So on our Um, editorial or publishing calendars, I can really visually look at how a brand is sharing its voice and telling its story. I can also monitor and track and get analytics within the same tool. Um, And also from a CRM perspective, really start to build the type of fans, followers, and community that all brands are Um, looking to build. For example, if we have a negative customer service experience, I might label someone as, you know, work in progress. You know, we come up with some type of label so that that. we, we, yeah, every time we interact with them, we know that we're always, you know, trying to win them back versus a super user or a super fan. Yeah. Um, I'm really working to segment people like that and not that people want to be, have, you know, a label attached to them, but it's a reminder for anyone who's jumping in on behalf of a brand's voice to know where you're at at any given time. I wonder how many brands have me marked as a work in progress. I'm thinking back right Ooh, now. Hello. <laughs> so I love that. I love that. I mean, I, uh, the, the visual content calendar tool they have is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I like the labeling of the tone of voice. Is that something you're doing manually or is that something? Yes. <laughs> I, if there's a better way, let me know. But um, I feel like it's on the one-off interactions and it's yeah. especially valuable for startups when you don't have a community yet. Yeah, I love that. And I, I wasn't really, uh, I haven't, I don't think I've used their tool since they added more CRM functions. Is it kind mm-hmm. of a light CRM and you're tagging people mostly on Twitter? What does that look like? So because of API integrations, as you well know, and, and I'm sure anybody who's in the space, Twitter's just going to be more robust because of what they give us access to. And then we have to do a a bit more manually for LinkedIn or Facebook, the fact that we just can't get access to all the information. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's, I wish all the platforms were as open as Twitter was. Mm -hmm. That would be great. Especially LinkedIn. I think. I know it's a data monster. It's like the (laughs) anti-CRM. It's so hard to track, you know, I I have a ton of great conversations on LinkedIn that I'd love to a document. Um, even if honestly, even if LinkedIn would just have a better internal CRM feature that you could use, I would pay for that probably. I know. You well, know, there's actually, there. we, we don't have to get into this, but there is a LinkedIn tool that I use. It's a, it's basically a glorified spreadsheet. And when I click on a profile on LinkedIn, if I want to keep them or add them somewhere, I can add them to this growing spreadsheet that I have. Oh, nice. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I use, um, I use a, a CRM that allows me to kind of scrape content from LinkedIn. So I just, you know, it's a Chrome plugin. I turn it on. I I mean, I can say what it is. It's Nimble, uh, Nimble CRM. I love Nimble. And I mean, it's, it's, you know, maybe five steps to do something on LinkedIn where, Mm -hmm. where it's one step on Twitter. Um, But, you know, I I wish you could just grab job titles and things like that when you're talking to people on there, especially for B2B folks out there, salespeople, but I digress. So um, (laughs) I would love to know more about, uh, a new tool that you've recently uh, started talking about. And I'm not even sure. It'll probably be launched when this episode launches for the podcast, but it's called Ink 
I-N-K, and it's a new writing platform. Tell me more about Ink. I am super excited. Um, really, the founders, hopefully I do it justice for them, came up with an amazing tool. And I actually met with them before I started working with them and was extremely interested in this because there's this problem when you're a content creator or you write for the web of this delicate balance of art and science that a lot of writers, we put our heart and soul into the writing, but we forego the search component or have a very basic knowledge of, of SEO, um, or we're using tools that are extremely outdated um, for things that just aren't tracked as intensely anymore. So they created Inc., which is an AI desktop writing platform. And it has a, a, this very beautiful custom AI that was written by one of the co-founders, Alexander DeRitter. And when I got in it, I didn't even realize what it did at first. It's a beautiful user interface with distraction-free writing. So I started writing nice. in it primarily for, for everything. Um, it's, if you have ADHD or ADD, um, it's great if you have dyslexia. It's got dark modes. It had all these beautiful functionalities just for me as a writer to eliminate all of the noise and start writing. And then when I knew what I wanted to rank for online, I plugged it in, clicked a button, and it gave me this prescriptive workflow of things that I could change based on what I wanted to write for. Um, and it, it has, you know, nice. and, and based on semantics and um, based on the, the category that I'm trying to rank for. So we can generally as writers say, well, passive voice is negative, so don't use it. But that depends <laughs> on what you actually want, you know, what audience you're writing for. Sometimes it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Or knowing what type of grade level or complex sentence structures are appropriate. Uh, for an audience. So it forces me to be a better writer, but then lets my content rank higher at the end of the day. And it's, it's, it's working. Does it have some elements like Grammarly does? Uh, it sure does. It does grammar um, yeah. as well. Um, obviously Grammarly is an amazing tool. Um, yeah. As we know, there are thousands of tools we're using every week. So the more I can reduce um, and streamline in a tool that does both and has a beautiful AI, I am in. Do you think this is something you could write like anything in, like from an email to a book yes. or is it mainly for, you know, digital kind of blog post? This is what I think. And I, I think you're like this too, Jason. I find a tool and then I find other ways to use it. Um, so I've yeah. been writing emails in it uh, because what bothers me, what actually one of my biggest pet peeves when I'm writing is, is the red line when I make a mistake. So if I'm working really hard and I get the <laughs> red squiggle because I misspelled something, I immediately am triggered to stop what I'm doing and go and fix that. Well, in ink, I can shut that off so I can just write and then click on my, you know, grammar functionality and get notified where my errors are so I can just get my thoughts out. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it sounds great. It sounds like it's pulling together a few different things. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, most copywriters are not SEO experts. So I think if it's right. a tool built for the, the art of it, but pulling in kind of the science of the SEO, I think that's a great. Um, it is. It's built for writers. Solution. Yeah, I dig that. Okay, so. You you recently um, talked about something uh, online that I thought was interesting. You called it your your quick stack. <laughs> Tell me about the quick stack. And it, it looked like it was a set of tools just dedicated for PR people, kind of digital PR. It really is. It, it, it's something very simple. Um, it's actually built on top of this awesome product that I found last year called Clearly, Q-L-E-A-R-L-Y. Uh, and it was something that I discovered and I thought, you know, I'm just going to start. We live in this day of stacks in the tech space where you can package together all these tools in one quick links, you can act, you know, um, access them quickly. Well, I started building this internal tool of stacks based on every single digital PR function from blogging platforms to collaboration tools, to CRMs, design, editorial calendars. And as I was building it, I thought maybe other 
PR people would find this useful or content creators. So I created the ultimate digital PR toolkit that I shared publicly. It's just, you know, a free link of stacks, but I got feedback that it was just so overwhelming, even though my goal was (laughs) to create something comprehensive. Well, there's like hundreds of tools listed in there, right? Yes. Yeah. Right now, I think we're at like 352 or something um, tools, but those are tools that I actually use and other PR people actually use, you know, at least touch once a month. So people were asking for something faster. And so this is still a work in progress, but on the site, you can click a link that just says Sarah's quick stack. And it's got a link to the most used tools on a daily basis that I use. And I can be swayed to add others if a PR person says, you know, I really need you know these two tools as well. But it really just is links to the most important social tools, um, listening tools, CRM, and then some curation and design sites as well. Everything from promo.com to Canva to TechMeme to Product Hunt. Nice. I love that. It's, I, I think, uh, do you, well, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to dive into all of your lists and we'll have some more <laughs> conversations about them. But I, I love that you had a tool, a list that was kind of too robust and you made this little short kind of your daily use mm-hmm. category. Um, one of the items on that list, and if people want to find this list, they can go to tinyurl.com slash fresh stack. Sarah created a little URL for us if you want to find that. That's tinyurl.com slash fresh stack. Uh, one that I found on there that I had not heard of before was uh, Caption Writer, which is an Instagram caption writing tool. Tell me about that. So this is something I found by chance. Um, the maker on Instagram is just at Albert. Um, so you can follow him. It's a free tool that's literally called the IG Caption Maker. Um, it's something I keep open in my browser all day so I can add things like awkward characters, line breaks. I can add bold and italics to my Instagram captions. But I also use it for text messages and other places where I can't add in formatting, Twitter. Um, so I write in this quite frequently. I copy it to my clipboard and then I can use it anywhere. And it's become yeah. something that I have a bookmark to on my homepage of my, my home screen of my phone. And I keep it open on my browser because it's something so simple yet it fulfills a very big function for somebody who has to create social copy many times throughout the day. Yeah, I like I like that. And well, just the line breaks alone, it's probably worth it. I know, it's amazing. It. I think there's like, you have to Google seven different ways to do that these days. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Instagram doesn't just build that in. It's such a simple... I mean, it really is. I don't know why they're anti-line break. There's a, there's a strategy there somewhere. I don't know what it is. You know, we have to start a campaign. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I like I like that a lot. I mean, it's a simple tool, very you know acute use case, but uh, you know is a big pain point for a lot of people. So I love that. It is. Um, you mentioned promo.com, and you turned me on to pro- promo.com, which is kind of a they're both a video editing platform, but also a stock video platform. So you can go mm-hmm. in and get your stock video, uh, a huge library of different uh, video assets that you can just pull from. You can add in your own video, and really easy kind of on the fly editing for the modern kind of social video needs. I love promo.com so much. And this is one of those symbiotic moments where I was a customer and I was creating tons of videos for clients and they reached out to me and we ended up working together, which is really cool. Um, And so I have used them in two different ways for what I do. One is um, as an opportunity to create social videos for clients and then upsell them, which I recommend to lots of PR agencies, especially solopreneurs for, you know, another stream of revenue because it's your creativity. You're still putting in time and making things that you can then upsell. And then just as bulk content creation, it is so easy 
to create a video in under two minutes. I was actually timing myself the other day for a a project to see how fast I could get something done for a video I was creating. And uh, the sheer access of content you have available is unlike any other platform out there. And then just adding in my lower thirds or my subtitles or any text I need with my overlay, a logo, and then their amazing music library. And my favorite thing about their music library is that you can search by mood. And that is literally the only search that I use when I'm um, searching for the type of music I want to use for a video because I always think about how do I want people to feel when they're watching it. So I only search by mood and find the best music that I can put with something and then download it in whatever dimension um, I need for any social network. Yeah. Once you make a video, can you uh, reframe the size of it or how does that? It'll actually do it for you. You can just say what dimensions you want it downloaded in. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of, almost a prerequisite for any future video editing. It has platform. to be. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. That's awesome. Well, I mean, what, what kind of videos are you making for clients mainly? Are they just like short form social media videos, promotional want, launching a product? What does that look like usually? They're typically short form. Um, and most often for social advertising or social videos, but I have used them, um, for things like creating intro and outro bumpers for videos because you need something short and sweet. Yeah. Something you want to keep reusing. So it's a great tool for that. I also use them for promotional teasers for things. So if I'm going to be launching a new product, a new blog post, a new podcast, instead of your traditional still image, I will create, you know, 10 second video um, splash for promotions for things. You can think about you know, you don't have to just think about what it is created for, but you can come up with new ways or new tactics to use video. Yeah, I love that. That's great. I, I mean, I think almost any kind of social media professional, PR professional these days needs kind of a go-to video editing platform. Uh, so it's yeah, a must. It's it's always good to dive deep into what people are using as their as their main video um, software these days to to learn more about. So tell me, one of the things I, I um, I'm seeing more of on Twitter these days is a lot more video content, a lot more, you know, animated GIFs, a lot more just multimedia posts in general. However, I think you maybe in the last year have really kind of perfected the old school text post on Twitter to reach really high engagement. So tell me about your Twitter strategy and how, you know, it's probably the only platform where text post, I guess LinkedIn maybe a little bit, but where good text content is working really well still. So, you know, the old adage, like learn the rules and then break them. That's what I, that's what I did this past year. I thought, you know, everybody's sharing videos and gifts. So I wanted to do something a little different and not to be corny, but maybe a little corny. I love the movie Step Brothers. And there's the line putting in the man hours so you don't have to. That's always been my strategy for social in general. How can I take all of the information that I'm consuming each day and drill it down into something that can help people quickly at a glance read consume and move on from. So I, all of the content that I'm looking at, the tools that I'm analyzing and testing out and the lessons that I'm learning, I try to make them as clear and concise as possible. And the way I've been doing that are with emoji lists. So I I will drill things down. Usually in the morning, I share my daily thought or reflection. And then throughout the day, um, I'll give tips, tools, tactics, or advice in this digital PR space and drill them down by emoji lists. Yeah, when and when Sarah says emoji list, it's you know what it sounds like. It's just a very short list of resources or all kinds of things that she pulls together. And instead of bullets, you're using either one type of emoji or different types of emoji per 
bullet to kind of give that visual engagement to pull people into the individual items. It makes my parents so proud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, emojis are important. It's one of yeah. our speed round questions. So yes. I think we're on the pulse there, right? I think so. Okay, Sarah, this has been a uh, really informative, fast paced, uh, super helpful always. Sarah's going to actually dive into 50 or 100 tools and tactics at Social Fresh in Orlando in November, which I'm really excited about. We've done this style of presentation with her before, and it's just super popular. Everybody's taking photos of every slide. Uh, everybody's taking copious amounts of notes, really fast paced, um, just kind of a, a huge download, just like these lists that she has online. Um, so I love this little style of presentation that we're gonna get to repeat with you this year with a totally new set of tools. Um, before we jump into the speed round, is there anything you'd like to plug for the folks listening? I want to plug Social Fresh and tell people to <laughs> come, to come. I mean, it's literally over the past 10 years has been one of my favorite conferences where I get to speak, but I also get to learn. And that's really important to me as a professional. I want to feel like I'm also taking things away and getting an opportunity to network, connect, make business um, you know, make business happen um, at these places. We're all taking time away from our core jobs to learn. So might as well do it at one of the best places you can. Well, thank you. Um, and if you do want to, we talked about Sarah's Twitter. If you want to follow her on Twitter, it's at PR Sarah Evans, Sarah with an H, uh, E-V-A-N-S. And she has a great Twitter account. I definitely recommend you check it out. And she's been putting some of that content on LinkedIn as well. And it's doing really well. Uh, but let's jump into the speed round, Sarah. Okay, I'm nervous. Maybe <laughs> maybe a little sweaty. Okay, go. <laughs> okay, so most importantly, what is the most underrated emoji? Okay, it is the trophy. Um, oh. It's the trophy. You use a lot of emojis, so that's a very um, you know, informed answer, I think. It is. And I feel strongly about it because I've been actually integrating the trophy in posts where I'm using the first, second and third place medals and then trophies below it for the runner ups. So it's a oh. great way to hi highlight um, something you want to give prominence to. Kind of a hierarchy. Uh, show, in. Yes. Yeah, I dig yeah. that. All right. What's your favorite app that most people might not have known about previously? My favorite app that most people wouldn't have known about previously. I had my answer here. and um, Oh, Brave. Um, so it's another um, web browser, but it was built with your privacy in mind. So I use it both on my desktop and on my phone. Oh, nice. Are you able to pull in any kind of extensions or anything into that? Or is it just kind of on its own? It's it's somewhat on its own. It does have extensions. Um, not everything works, but some do. So it's, you know, okay. it's it's newer, but if privacy is really important to you yes. and, you know, disabling things that are um, making your computer you. run slower or tracking you. Yeah. Uh, like I've had it this week, there were 3,275 ads and trackers blocked. Whew. So that just seems, That seems like a lot. It does. <laughs> okay, so last book you read that you would highly recommend? Um, it's a parenting book. I'm actually almost done with it called The Highly Sensitive Child. If you have a child that seems to be more emotional or takes things very deeply or tends to be more cautious, um, and you want to learn better parenting or coping skills for them, I highly recommend the book. Very practical. Mm -hmm. Great. And best piece of content you've ever produced that could be personal or professional? 
Um, I think the best was, it's one, one of the ones I'm most proud of is um, back in the day when we, the team I was working with won the very first World Guinness Book world record for hashtag beat cancer. It was something that was done for social good, had a financially big impact and created some social change as well as garnered some major media attention. So it's a wonderful model that I like to keep in mind anytime I'm working on anything. I remember that. That was on, you got it on CNN, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's great. And what a great cause. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, Sarah. It's been a pleasure. We can't wait to see you speak in Orlando and thanks for hopping on the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Toolkit brought to you by Social Fresh. Today's show was made possible by a great team of people, including Nicole Delonzo, my partner and co-producer of the show. Special thanks also to Scott Monty, the voice in our intro, and Jason Yarborough for his speed round sound effects. Social Fresh is a social media training and education company. We help you stand out from the social media crowd through events, training, and industry analysis. If you'd like more information on how you can work with us at Social Fresh, please visit socialfresh.com slash services. And we will see you again on the next episode of the Social Toolkit.